Welcome to the Christian Car Guy radio show, the talk show dedicated to helping Christians buy and sell cars by the book, not the blue book, not the orange book, but by God's book, the Bible. Call the Christian Car Guy with your questions, 1-866-34-TRUTH. That's 1-866-348-7884. What does being a Christian have to do with buying a car? You're about to find out. Here's your host, Robbie Dillmore. Thanksgiving has come and gone, and for many, you are in the grips of winter. (laughs) You're experiencing snow and ice and all sorts of things, and so we've talked about it a little bit before this year. We're going to talk about it some more. How winter-ready are you? Are you ready to take on the cold? And we have a new uh, partner here with the Christian Car Guys Show, David Grubbs, with Quality Automotive, one of our Jesus Labor of Love, uh, app, uh, one of the people that helps us out with that program. And welcome, David. It's good to have you on. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. And so David is has a shop where he's working full-time. Actually, he's got a wonderful food drive we're going to be talking about, but it's a great day. If you have that technical issue that you've been trying to figure out and and you're trying to, and you want to call into a, a car show and say, well, I've got this, this, and this. This is a great day to do that. David works on cars every day of his life. He's been doing it. How long have you been in the car business? I've been in the car business the biggest part of my life, say probably 30 years. Yeah, that's a good while. And so he's seen a few things. So call us with those issues today, 866-348-7884, 866-34-TRUTH. So we're going to talk a little bit about some of those winter-ready issues, but we're also going to talk about Maybe you've always wondered how to understand torque and horsepower. But more importantly, how do you leverage, <laughs> using a little play on words, how do you leverage torque and horsepower? What's what's up with that? So we're going to be talking about that. And then coming up at the end of the show in our appraisal by the Real Black Book, that's where we search the Bible for treasure, cry out for understanding. We are going to find out how the prophet Jeremiah um, he he went to God with this problem that you might be facing right now in your life. And his thing was, Lord, why are the wicked, wicked prospering? Why is all this stuff going on? And, and it seems that you prosper the wicked, and here I am, your prophet. And interestingly, God made reference to Jeremiah's horsepower. <laughs> and that's what we're going to talk about and how that's similar to horsepower in a car. We're going to talk about that coming up at the end of the show in our appraisal by the real black book. Of course, you're listening to the Christian Car Guy Show, bringing the kingdom of God to lives through an automotive pop platform. And so we talk about things like how to drive safely. If you're following Jesus, it's probably the case that you wouldn't want to speed since, you know, if you're actually following Jesus, you wouldn't be going by him at 70 miles an hour. We, we talk about, you know, how to take care of a car because one of the reasons we started this show was that the whole idea of stewardship, that a lot of people are out there trading cars with these unbelievable car payments, going into phenomenal amounts of debt to where they end up just being a slave to debt. And how do I get out from underneath that? Are you struggling with that today? Is there something I can help you with? We would love for you to call us 866-348-7884, 866-34-TRUTH if you're struggling in that area. But if you take care of your car, if you see, if you've ever noticed, if you go by the farms out there, they've got trucks and tractors and all sitting out in the elements since the 40s, and they're still running. Why is that? 
Well, if you take care of a car, it'll last as long as you do. And so how do we do that? How do we take care of our cars? How do we maintain? How do we be good stewards of what God has given us? That's what the Christian Car Guy Show about is about. If you're listening for the first time today, we always take on those topics. But the best part of the show for me always is your phone calls, your questions. What are you struggling with in this area? 866 348 Seven eight eight four eight six six three four. Truth, especially what I would like to hear about today is your horsepower. What was the most horsepower you ever got behind in your whole life? I mean, the the car that you sat down in, and when you stepped on it, it snapped your head back. Was it two hundred and fifty horsepower? Was it three hundred horsepower? What was the ultimate horsepower you ever sat down in? Eight six six three four eight. Seven eight eight four. You know, <laughs> when I was a general sales manager for Galloway Buick years ago, they'd come out with the. Um, they had these T-type cars, and they'd come out with a special T-type Regal that was turbocharged, and they'd built five hundred of them. They were called a GNX. They had built five hundred of them for the FBI, and five hundred of them they were going to give to each of the bigger Buick dealers. We got one. And the car at the time was like $60,000, and it was a, a turbocharged. I mean, it was a monster, David. This car was like 500 horsepower. And so we had it. it they were going to take it to this show. And then I asked Hunter Galloway, who owned Galloway Buick at the time, I said, well, who do you want to drive the car over there? And he goes, well, you. I wouldn't trust anybody but you, Robbie. You go drive the car, you know, thinking that I would certainly not hammer down on it. Well, when you sit down in a car that's got that kind of horsepower and you're on your way to the Greensboro Coliseum, guess what I had to do, David? <laughs> I just had to know. I, I just had to know what it felt like when you stepped down on that. And, oh, my soul, what a feeling that is. When you Have you ever done that? Oh, absolutely. What's the most horsepower you've ever, can you remember? Probably 500 horsepower. That's a feeling, isn't it? Yes, sir. That's a, that's a good feeling. And so when you look at horsepower, you're probably wondering, what is that? What does that mean? Well, in order to understand horsepower, you first got to understand torque. And again, if you got questions along these lines, something you want to talk about, you call us 866-348-7884. But torque is simply the, for, uh, the turning force. You know, the wheels at some point in time are going to turn. Well, when you think about turning a bolt, that may be an easier way to think about torque. Because if you got to turn a bolt, you, you may have heard of something called a torque wrench. And it's measured in how many pounds it takes over a certain distance. So if you got one foot and you got one pound of torque over one foot, then that's one foot pound of torque. And that's the way they measure it, actually. That if you picture this wrench on this bolt and you put push down on it one pound and it moved the nut, that would be one foot pound of torque. Not too hard to understand. Well, the way that they measure horsepower is they take 550 of those foot-pounds of torque and they want to move it <laughs> over a, a distance of one foot in one second. So if you took 550 foot-pounds of torque and you can move it one foot in one second, that is one horse. Now, I want to meet the horse that could do that. <laughs> you know, think about that. Uh, and there's a wonderful demonstration picture at ChristianCarGuy.com that shows a picture of this horse with a harness on it, and it's got to move this 550 pounds one foot in one second straight up off this off the ground. So it's going to go up one foot, 550 pounds in one second. 
That is one horsepower. So think about this, David. If you were out there and you were trying to pull a plow and you needed to move 550 pounds of dirt one foot in one second, you know, over a period of time, you could only do so much plowing. But if you added a second horse, <laughs> you now have two horsepower. And now you can move how much more dirt? You could have 1,100 pounds oh, yeah. of dirt that you could move one foot in one second. And so this is kind of how they figured this thing years ago. So now getting back to our illustration of you are sitting down behind 500 of these horses <laughs> who could lift 550 pounds feet in one second. I don't know what the math is on that, but it's somewhere in the neighborhood of 25,000 pounds that it's going to move one foot in one second. And since the car you're driving in is somewhere in the neighborhood of 3,000 pounds, you can see that there's a whole lot of force and a whole lot of energy that's going to go into that. But the challenge for that is how do we understand how we use that to get better gas mileage or how do we use that in order to tow that trailer we need? Or in your case, you got tow trucks. Yeah. And so torque and horsepower are all part of the equation, something that people have studied over the years to try to maximize that. And with today's technology, with computer-aided design and computers that are running the fuel systems and computers that are running the ignition systems, we now can maximize horsepower and torque with all that technology, which can save you gobs of money now. We're going to get to a lot more of that. We're going to get to a whole bunch of what about winterizing your car? What is the first and most important thing, David, when you think about that you're you're going to see now in this area down in the south? We're not way down in the south, but what is it you think most people when it comes to winterizing their car fail to really think about? Well, during the summer, folks, you know, their car get a little low on coolant. They'll add water. They don't really think about whenever the temperature starts dropping they've replaced most of their antifreeze with water water freezes a whole lot quicker than antifreeze so before winter sets in the cold weather really starts you need to go to one of your local garages or you know your regular mechanic or even to us you know we check your antifreeze for free make sure you're down to the proper amount to keep you you know keep your car from freezing up and busting yeah when you see that temperature start to drip dip down in the 18 12 zero degrees and think about that water that's in there wow you got to do something don't let that sit in your car overnight it will cause havoc so we got so much more winterizing more understanding horse and horsepower and torque we need your calls 866-34-TRUTH She's real fine, my 409, my 409. Welcome back to the Christian Car Guys show. Today we're talking about how you leverage horsepower and torque. We're talking about how to winterize your car. We've got our new partner with us, David Grubbs with Quality Automotive, and he's going to help us out with some of those winterizing tips or your calls at 866-348-7884, 866-34-TRUTH. We have Valerie in North Carolina with us. Valerie, you're on the Christian Car Guy Show. Good morning. Hi, how are you? I'm wonderful. You got a question or comment about weatherizing. I do. When I, I'm wondering, when should I replace the radiator hoses and, and things along the lines of that uh, just to be safe and be prepared? 
That's a good question. Uh, mostly that you need to check the mileage on your car. Every 25,000, 30,000 miles, maybe a little more, you need to replace, you know, check your radiator hoses, your fan belts, uh, check your water pump, or if you're car savvy, you can do this yourself or you can take it to your local garage. But those things need to be changed about every, I'd say, 25,000, 35,000 miles. You need, you're going to need to replace your hoses and belts. And, you know, also, like I say, check your antifreeze, your windshield washer, you know, fluid. Yeah, there's several things under there you need to change. But as far as the hoses and belts, I would say about every 25, 30,000 miles. They just get worn out pretty Is that what it is? Well, they deteriorate from the inside. The hose is made out of rubber. It gets hot and cold. Then the chemicals from the fluids will deteriorate it from the inside out. The hose can look fine on the outside, but on the inside it's getting real soft starting to give away and that's okay. that's like i say every twenty five, thirty thousand miles i would i would recommend changing the hoses and belts yeah because when you when those things let go <laughs> you know in the middle of the winter is not the time when when you all of a sudden have, have got that leak because what we see all the time valerie and i know david faces this is somebody will lose a fan belt or they'll lose a hose and then they'll keep driving the car because they're in a desperate situation and that results in a catastrophic failure, because when you overheat your car, you, you you blow the head gas. All sorts of bad things happen, and I bet you, David, you probably see at least one or two of those a week, don't you? Uh, sometimes, yeah. Sometimes it's it's pretty bad. Folks just don't understand. Whenever you start having trouble with your car, the check engine light comes on, the temperature gauge goes up. You know, don't try to drive the car any further. You need to pull over and stop. You know, it may be inconvenient or kind of scary to have to sit on the side of the road for just a little while, but it's it's a whole lot cheaper to stop then. You may you may have a twenty, thirty, forty dollar repair versus a two or three thousand dollar repair if you keep trying to move the car. Well, thank you for calling, Valerie. God bless you. I appreciate that very much. Thank you so much. You guys have a good day. You too. Bye bye. Bye bye. Now those are great questions, and I, I often and I'll say it again since I say it all the time. That when you see a light in your dash that's red, that would be oil pressure. That would be overheating. That's a brake light. Those red lights mean stop. There, there's no question about that. It's time to stop. Now, check engine lights. Those could be yellow. And yellow lights mean caution. We need to check things out. We need to check our gauges and all that other stuff. That's not quite as serious. You, you could drive a car into the shop that the check engine light on is yellow. Again, check your owner's manual. Always go by the owner's manual, not Robbie. <laughs> You know, it's the it's the source uh, that, that that you go by, kind of like we have the owner's manual, the Bible. Well, you know, you might have a pastor tell you to do so-and-so, but if it's against what the Bible says, well, you know that, that you, that's out the window because your authority ultimately is the Bible. Well, same thing with your car. Uh, the ultimate authority is your owner's manual, and I always will fall back to that position. <laughs> but I will tell you that for the most part, you see a red light come on, Please, I, I, I see it every week. Here's how I know, because we do the Jesus labor love. And I can assure you, David, really, for me, it's rarely a week that goes by that I don't deal with a single mom, a widow, somebody that's in a crisis. And when we figure out what's wrong with their car, they've driven it when it was hot. Yeah. They, they felt like, well, I can just make it. And there you go. They need an engine. They need a head gasket. It's, it's, it's a difficult situation. That's why winterizing your car is so important. And and we did want to bring out, you know, when we're thinking about this winterizing thing, getting prepared for the winter 
often means having stuff in your car in case you do. Let's say it, the, the hose does bust or something. You got to pull over. It's freezing. You got to wait on a wrecker or you, you're stuck in the snow. What have you got in your car to take care of you? And if you go to ChristianCarGuy.com, which again has all these articles and stuff and winterizing your car, there you're going to see, uh, you know, an emergency thermal blanket. That thing that weighs next to nothing since we're talking about horsepower today and how you rob your horsepower by putting a bunch of weight in your car. If you get one of these thermal blankets, what a wonderful lightweight. I mean, this thing doesn't weigh a half a pound and, and you can be warm. And the other thing that I have discovered, and the more I research I do on this, the more I like it, is to have an emergency candle in your car, David. You found out about that yourself. What did you, what you were telling me during the break? They say that you can take a small candle and put it inside a tin can, light the candle. The heat from the candle will heat the can, which will radiate heat out, and it can actually keep you from freezing overnight if you, if you do get stuck in a car that long. And they make these emergency candles with four wicks in them. And so think of the amount of heat and light. You're stuck in this car. You've got your Mylar blanket on. You have light. You've got heat. And you've got comfort that comes from fire. I don't know. You know, if you're sitting there looking at a campfire, you know the comfort that comes from that. Well, it's already a scary situation. So you got, you're not sitting in the dark. You've got heat radiating and you got light and all at the cost of maybe a pound, maybe a half a pound. I mean, it's to me, there's, there's great economy in, in that whole concept. But, you know, part of the way that, that we want to talk about winterizing is what I love what David is doing, quality automotive. They're doing a food drive. And so right now, if you bring 10 cans of food in, you're going to get, you get a discount, you know, on your yeah. car repair. But we're going to suggest people all over the country think about canned foods right this minute because as you, as winter comes on, there's the need rises across the country for all these food drives. But one of the things that I think is critically important to me, it is, is that you give them to somebody who gives them in Jesus's name. Yes. And it's one of the reasons I really like the Winston Salem rescue mission here. If you're in this area, because I know that when they're given the food, people don't have to wonder who provided the food. It was Jesus. And, and that's where, you know, I think the rubber meets the road when it comes to some of these programs. Of where am I going to give this canned food? Well, who's going to give it in Jesus' name? How is that going to exactly transpire? So we got so much more Christian Car Guys show coming up. You give us a call, 866-348-7884. No matter who we are, no matter what we do, Every day we can choose to say if you want to steal my shoes, I can watch you go. If you got something to say, go on and take it away. Need you to steal my shoes. The uh, Christian Car Guy <laughs> NASCAR edition of <laughs> Steal My Show. I had a little NASCAR sound effects, a little horsepower there, because we're talking about leverage today, leveraging horsepower. How is it that you do that? What is the difference between leverage, uh, uh, torque, and horsepower, and how do you use that? Of course, we're going to get into that in our appraisal by the Real back book, Black Book coming up at the end of the show. We talk about Jeremiah's horsepower. And we're also talking today about winterizing your car and things along those lines. If you have a question for us or comment, we would love to hear it. 
as as you're thinking about getting ready for the winter or some other problem you're currently struggling with, we'd love to help you. 866-348-7884-866-34 truth. And along those lines of winterizing your car, uh, if you're up in the Washington area or you're in Salt Lake City or someplace where the temperature really, really drops, one of the things that a lot of folks do not realize, they think, well, I don't really need snow tires. <laughs> well, and, and they used to be really noisy, and there were all sorts of things that go along with that. But a lot of folks don't realize that the rubber itself freezes. And just like uh, David was talking about inside those radiator hoses, there are special chemicals that they use in snow tires to make sure that the rubber itself stays softer in order to have traction and when it's really, really, really cold. And so especially if you're a nurse or you know, some kind of emergency service where you're often required, it's one of the scariest times for me, David, to drive is black ice. Yeah, there's not much you can do on black ice, no matter what you have on. <laughs> and and you've got, you know, Parkway Record Service, so you, you get to see the results of, of people's choices. And, you know, traction becomes a gigantic issue in, in tough weather. And the way you get stuck often is you hit that black ice and you make a wrong decision, which is to either hit the brake or hit the gas real suddenly. Or the one of the worst things you can do and, and I always like to caution people this time of year about do not set your cruise control if there's any chance whatsoever that there's any ice on the road because <laughs> it does not know that it's slick. And so when it's the car's not going fast enough, it keeps pushing down the gas. And I can't tell you the accidents that I was aware of back in the body shop business and, and people in my life because they had their cruise control set, they hit a bridge, there was ice on it, and the next thing you know, loop-de-loop, off the road you go. It's a difficult thing. And as a wrecker, I'm sure you've seen plenty of that too, David. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you got to really be you got to really be aware of what's going on. Whenever the weather changes, the temperature drops, the black ice can be there, you never see it. You go down the road if you're not paying attention, maybe on a cell phone, looking around, yeah, you know, the black ice will sneak up on you. It'll get you when you're least expecting it. Yeah, so it's just if the temperature is below 32 degrees, you don't know where water might be on the road. That is no time to use your cruise control. I love cruise control as much as the next time. Next time, don't use it. The other thing is if you you see a patch and you go, oh, black ice, okay, there it is. You can see it. Do not hit the brake. <laughs> you know, do not step on the gas. Just lightly, easy. Take your foot off the gas, allow the car to coast over whatever spot that is. And, and, of course, if you've got to turn into that corner in black ice, again, you don't hit the brake, you don't hit the gas, you do your best to try to maneuver through that. And, and the neat thing is today, with all the computer systems, uh, that they actually can help manage the wheels of the car as it goes through. You know, they've, they've got all this anti-slide stuff that, that happens, and the computers will actually begin to maneuver the car through a tough situation but every car doesn't have that technology so you have to go with the old technology of of um you don't step on the gas in a curve the, the old technology of common sense that always <laughs> prevails the best <laughs> and so you know one of the ways that we get winter wet it ready is not just that you heard this show today but you may have kids 
you may have a daughter or aunt. I don't know who you may have. Who you may need to sit down with them if, if this is their first year driving or whatever and say, now these are the things that you may face. I failed to do that with my son. And, you know, his first <laughs> real battle with the weather, he ended up in the ditch and I got that phone call. And, and you know, that's one of those things that um, you don't just get yourself winter ready. You have to get those people around you winter ready and you got to be talking to them about what's important and tires not just inflation and those kind of things are critically important another issue and again we would love your call you got a question believe me we'd love to help you 866-348-7884 866-34-TRUTH one of my favorite things to do in the winter is wiper blades um because why go around where you can't see the the rubber gets hard it gets brittle and and so what a great time to replace your wiper blades. This is what they've got some fantastic wiper blades out there these days, don't they, David? Oh, yeah. They, they, they improve them every year. But what most folks don't understand is when the weather gets cold, your wiper blades have been on there all through the summer, gotten hot several times. They get hot and brittle. And the first time you hit a little bit of ice on your windshield or frost, it just rips the, rips the wiper blades right up. And whenever you don't have good wiper blades, it really affects your vision when you're trying to drive. Right, That's so very important. Wiper blades and that windshield washer solvent any day. Man, nowadays you can get a jug of that stuff at the dollar store for next to nothing. And, man, just use all you want. Because yep. being able to see, uh, you don't know when that child might be coming around a corner in a parking lot or whatever the situation is. You know, there's no, <laughs> there's nothing like being able to see. And so that's why wiper blades, windshield washer solvent, all those kind of things, critically important the safety of of the pastors and the people around you because you know wipers are just one of those things that you can't sh- go short on and i love these new rainex blades whatever i have on old red i'm going to tell you that a lot of times you have no idea you think well it's not leaving big streaks or anything when i'm washed when i'm using my windshield wipers but it's just not quite as clear well you put a new set of 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 good wiper blades on and it, it makes a world of difference the battery's another thing that it's so easy to test these days yeah exactly uh cold weather is the hardest thing if you want to find out how good your battery is let it get real hot or let it get real cold and it's every time the cold will get it two to one yeah so when it, when you see that cca it's cold cranking amps that <laughs> they want to know the cold it's going to affect it because electricity just doesn't go through the cold. Yeah, before winter sets in, usually in the fall or just before cold weather's coming up, it's it's a good thing to go by and have someone check your battery, check the you know check the acid in the battery, check the terminals, make sure the terminals are good and clean, check the date on your batteries. Most batteries are good for four to five years. After that, you're really taking a risk of maybe being stuck out somewhere and your car not starting or. Even worse, you know, breaking down, going down the highway in cold weather. We definitely don't want that. So, and again, it's it's not hard to go by any place and get them to change, check them these days. It's This is an easy thing. Yeah, most places will check your battery for free and you know, if some charge, but most, most do it as a courtesy. You can, you know, like I say, you need to have this checked yearly. And it's, it's very, uh, it's very well, very good preventive maintenance. Yeah. And so those are the those are the big biggies when it comes to um, winterizing your car. Of course, you know you can always think about that emergency kit. 
And the, the thing that I found is extremely helpful in all sorts of situations is a cell phone. And if you're going to have a cell phone, a cell phone charger, because anymore with a smartphone, we all know that they will not last all that long. So if you have some type of charger, you know, think about it. If you're going to be stuck in that car for 14 hours and, you know, the technology, or maybe you haven't heard this, you know, the idea is you run the car for four, five, six minutes every hour. Well, at that time, while you're running it for that four, five, six minutes, you're charging the battery of your cell phone. The cell phone gives you obviously communication these days it's a flashlight it has all sorts of interesting you can take pictures of your candle burning in your blanket i don't know whatever the situation may be but all that stuff is there and one piece of the emergency equipment that i think is absolutely necessary these days is a cell phone uh that you know you can contact somebody on the outside like if you're in that situation atlanta you could actually be telling, talking to somebody who's outside saying, okay, here's what the authorities are telling you to do in this situation. Is it time to get out of the car or is it time to stay in the car or what is it that, that I need to do? There's nothing like communication when you're in a tough situation. Now, getting on to our appraisal by the Real Black Book. That's where we search the Bible for hidden treasure, cry out for discernment, listen up for wisdom from God. And that's what we're going to get to when we get back. What about leveraging this horsepower? What did Jeremiah need to know about these horses? What was God going to answer him when he asked that question? Why do you let the wicked prosper? God had an answer for him. It might surprise you, so stay tuned. we got a lot more Christian Car Guy show coming up. Yes, God has plenty of horsepower, as we are going to hear. <laughs> We're going to discuss Jeremiah's situation with horsepower. Or your list of the Christian Car Guys show today. We are blessed to have a new partner, David Grubbs, with Quality Automotive. Here in the Winston-Salem area, a participant in our Jesus Labor Love, free car repair labor, single moms and widows in a network of folks like David across the country that help us out when we have those needs. And as I always talk about it, we're always trying to find a mechanic, somebody who we can trust, because, uh, you know, there's just nothing like having a Christian brother when you got a problem that understands these things. He's gifted in this area that you're not necessarily gifted in. If you go to ChristianCarGuy.com and you click on the Jesus Labor Love, yeah, you'll see all the people that participate in that program, and you know that if they're giving free labor, not the parts, but labor, to single moms, widows, and those kind of folks across the country, then guess what? They're they're trustworthy folks. But maybe you have another question, and you don't want to, you're you're uncomfortable calling us on the air today. There is also at ChristianCarGuy.com and ask the experts page, and so you can go to the ask an expert page in there. Ask Jerry, or you can ask David. You have a problem, and you want to ask an expert in that field that you you know wherever you are. We would love to get your emails. We'd love to help you out any way that we possibly can. Those are all ways that we use the Christian Car Guy show in the way that I feel like God wants us to be able to leverage us to help as many people, people as possible. But one of my favorite parts of the show is always when I get a chance to talk about my appraisal by the Real Black Book, where God is showing me stuff, you know, that I see from a horsepower or from a car person point of view. 
And so when I read this passage in Jeremiah, I saw it maybe a little different than some folks because I think of horses, I think of horsepower. But in this, to give you a little background, Jeremiah in chapter 11, they had attempted the, the priest that he hung out with in Ashlong or that name, however you pronounce that name in Hebrew, where he hung out, where the priests were, they had attempted to take his life. So at this point in time, he's a little confused, and he goes to God with some questions, which I think is a really cool thing to do. If if you're wondering some stuff, why not go to God and ask questions like Jeremiah did? And so here we go, Jeremiah chapter 12. He says, Righteous are you, Lord, when I plead with you. Yet let me talk to you about your judgment. <laughs> he's saying, God, I know you're right, but can you explain this to me? And then he says, why does the way of the wicked prosper? Why are those happy who deal so treacherously? You have planted them. Yes, they have taken root. They grow and they bear fruit. You are near in their mouth, but far from their heart. But you, O oh Lord, you know me. You've seen me and you've tested my heart towards you. Pull them out like sleep for the sh- sheep for the slaughter and prepare them for the day of slaughter. In other words, Jeremiah is saying, God, why is this going on? How come the, uh, these other people who are obviously not following you, obviously far from you, yet I see them prospering? Now, what does that look like when you think about that if you're a priest? I, I don't think he's talking about rich people there so much as the priests that are getting the ear of the people tend to be the ones that are the wicked ones because he's wanting traction as a, as a preacher, right? And he's not getting the traction as a preacher. That is, so if you look at God's answer to Jeremiah, you see more of what, Jeremiah's real question was because I'm sure that God knew his heart. So the first time I read this, I thought, wow, he would really didn't answer Jeremiah's question. Oh, yes, he did. He answered exactly what Jeremiah's question was because he knew what was in Jeremiah's heart. And here's what the Lord said, which is a phenomenal answer. Jeremiah chapter 12, verse 5, which again is at Christian Carguy. If you run with footmen and they wear you out, then how can you contend with horses? So he said, if you're running with these footmen, what if I put you in the big time? You're not going to be able to run with horses. Think about that from a pastor's point of view. You know, how come I don't have this giant church? How come all these people aren't following me? Well, at this point in time, if you're running the race with these footmen and they're wearing you out, the few people that you got and they're wearing you out, then how can I put you in the big time? And in the land of peace, in which you've trusted, they've wearied you. Then how will you do in the floodplain of the Jordan? For even your brothers, the house of your father, even they have dealt treacherously with you. Yes, they have called on a multitude after you. Do not believe them, even though they speak smooth words to you. What is God telling Jeremiah? He's telling him you don't have enough horsepower. You don't have what it takes to run with the horses, but why not? Because what he's saying is you've put your trust in men, specifically your brothers that you think because they talk good to you that they really like you and they think, oh, yeah, you got a great sermon for them. These, these are the guys that tried to kill you, Jeremiah. And he's also putting trust in his land. You hear him say, if you're in this peaceful place and you put your trust there, so we put our trust in our country, our safe surroundings. We put our trust in men. We're robbing ourselves of the horsepower. You see, God wants you to have the horsepower to run with the horses. <laughs> In order to do that, where did Jeremiah need to put his trust? You see, God answered his question, sure enough. If you really want to have the power 
it it depends on where you're getting your source from. Where's where's your real trust? Do I trust in my money? Do I trust in my land? Do I trust in whatever? Or do I really, at the end of the day, trust in God? Now, I had this demonstrated to me one time when I was playing basketball. I used to think I was a pretty good basketball player. And and we were in Georgetown, Texas, and the team I was playing had an opportunity to play the Dallas Cowboy football team. This was back at Roger Staubach, Drew Pearson, all that. So this is a long time ago, okay? But anyway, we played them in an exhibition basketball player, and I thought I was a good basketball player. But when I ran with the horses, <laughs> a Too Tall Jones was on the team back then, and I played against this guy. I mean, this guy was huge. And when I when he ran down the court, it looked like it was absolutely effortless. And he went by me so fast. Drew Pearson, there's no even thinking how fast that man ran when I saw him going down the court. And I realized that I just simply was out of my league. I mean, I was not, I had no ability. So what mercy is it that God didn't allow me to go into the NBA? <laughs> so I simply didn't have the horsepower. But he does know where you do have horsepower. And he knew where Jeremiah's horsepower was. And so if we allow him, rather than smooth-talking people around us, to guide us, if we put our trust in him, I won't end up trying to get into the NBA, which I had no business, believe me. When I saw those guys play, I, I could immediately understand that I had no business playing basketball at any level other than, I mean, I enjoyed playing it, but there's a different there's a different whole level of things when you actually play against those kind of athletes. So when you're thinking about horsepower, you know, you know there's this, there's this thing in the book of acts. I think it's, um, one where it says, and you'll receive power from on high to be my witness. And I often think about what an amazing power you have, what God did in your life. And there, when you're putting your trust back into what he did here and now, like if I saw him come to the aid of a single mom in the Jesus labor of love this week, which I did, you know, where I saw somebody step up and help that person, but ultimately that the person that received the help knew that that came from Jesus and then we testified to that fact because they go, oh, thank you so much for helping me. Well, we just... We had a chance to help you, but it really wasn't us. You see, God is the one providing you. Just like we talked about with these canned good programs that are going out there, if we can give this stuff in Jesus' name, that's the power. Because if it leads them to Christ, then they eat for eternity. You see? <laughs> that's the point of, of being able to give stuff with the horsepower of Jesus' name. So thank you for listening to the Christian Car Guys show today. Thank you, David, for being on with me again. It's, it's wonderful. We're going to look forward to having him back. Quality Automotive here in the Winston-Salem area. Check out the Jesus Labor Love free car repair labor for single moms and widows, but a great list of resources throughout the country. Check that out at ChristianCarGuy.com. Remember, slow down. Jesus walked everywhere he went and got it all done in 33 years. And how about checking into your horsepower this week? Do a little time studying the Word.